All right, so we've been looking at the Gospel of John. We've talked about the last few weeks how John begins his Gospel much differently than Matthew and Luke, especially not... He doesn't give us facts about what happened around Jesus' birth. Instead, he gives us this, this theological and philosophical account of reality. Um, he talks about Jesus as the Word who has become flesh and made his dwelling with us. And so in John chapter 1, verse 14, John says this, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, full of grace and truth. This is John's version of the Christmas story. The word of God took on human flesh and blood and bone and became one of us, made his home with us. This is John's Christmas story. And there is enough here in this verse to keep us contemplating and, and thinking for our whole lives. But it's also very simply God's gospel, his good news for us today. The word became flesh and made his home with us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, full of grace and truth. I suspect you've had this experience before where every once in a while you will hear a song or a lyric to a song that you've sung for your whole life. And all of a sudden it hits you in a certain way that you, you never had understood it before in the same way. And I think that happens to me every Christmas. There's a few different verses from some uh, carol or another that, that hit me. And for this year, one of them has been this. O holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining until he appeared and the soul felt its worth. Here is the dictionary definition of pining. I haven't used that word all year long, so I wanted to check it out, make sure I knew what it meant. And here's what it means. To suffer a mental or physical decline, especially because of a broken heart. Long lay the world in sin and error, Pining. We are very aware of the ways our world suffers because of human error and sin. And I don't need to list all of the examples. Many of you come in here today very aware of things that are happening in the world around us, um, in our country, in your own family, in our world, where that breaks your heart. It breaks your heart as you see the things that are happening around us. And of course, we don't only need to look out there in the world around us to be aware of the sin that's happening. We know that it's happening right in here, right in our own hearts and in our own lives. We're very aware of our own sin and errors. We know that they leave behind us a wake of, of brokenness and, and of shame, of hurt, of pain. For most of us, our shortcomings and our failures 
these acts of obedient, disobedience to God, our addictions, the things that hold on to us tightly, the sin that holds on to us tightly, they're very clear to us. And for some of us, our, our sins and our errors, they haunt us. We carry them around, we regret them, and we carry them around in shame. Our sin and errors are real. My sin and errors, your sin and errors, have contributed to the pining of our world. Not the least, the broken hearts, the ache of the people who are closest to us. My sin and errors and yours have led to the mental and physical suffering, the broken heart of our world. But this is why Jesus came. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and the only, full of grace and truth. Our sin and error are real, and that's why we needed him to come full of grace and truth. Our sin and error are real, and that's why we needed him to come full of grace and truth. Jesus came full of grace. Grace is the work of God in your life to accomplish what you can't accomplish on your own. Grace is a gift. We talk a lot about Christmas, about gifts. Grace is a gift. It's God's gift. It's his goodness to us when we did not deserve or earn it. It is a gift. And Jesus came full of it, full of grace. So aren't you glad that Jesus is not like Santa Claus? We are told that Santa sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good. So be good for goodness sake. With Santa, we get our gifts when we are good. With Jesus, we get his gifts because he is good. And that's all the difference in the world. That is grace. Long lay the world in sin and error pining. We need grace because our sin and our because of our sin and our error, error, and so Jesus came full of grace. He became full of grace because we need lots of it. Lots and lots of grace. And God doesn't run out of grace. Amen. If you know Jesus, you first experienced his grace. That first moment of your salvation when you realize the reality of your sin and error and you needed his forgiveness, when your eyes were open to the truth of who Jesus was and what his death and resurrection meant for you. We heard that in two testimonies today from these children who in their own lives, their eyes have been opened to who Jesus is and they've chosen to follow him. That was the first gift of grace that you've received. And followers of Jesus know that we have been living by grace ever since. So what I want everyone to do, men, women, and children, what I want everyone to do right now is to take a deep breath. That is grace. Every day, moment by moment, we are sustained by grace. And followers of Jesus know that. One of my favorite teachers, you know him, I talk about him a lot, Dallas Willard, says that followers of Jesus consume grace like a 747 consumes fuel on takeoff. 
We consume grace all the time, every day. And Jesus came full of grace because we need lots and lots of it. For forgiveness, for life, for strength every day to do the good things that he's called us to do that we can't do on our own, which, by the way, is everything. Jesus came full of grace. And Jesus came also full of truth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining. Jesus came full of truth because our world has been long laid in sin and in error. And we needed someone to come and to demonstrate and tell us what is true. Again, Dallas Willard says it well. He says, truth is what we bump into when we are wrong. The madman who believes he can fly and jumps off a building to prove it very quickly bumps into a hard truth. Truth doesn't bend to our beliefs or our preferences. Our beliefs and our will must bend to truth. And the world pines, the world suffers from a broken heart because we live our lives in error. Because we live according to our own will and our own preferences rather than according to truth. Jesus came full of truth. His life demonstrated truth. Jesus' teachings were the truth for us. His teachings were not just good tips for life. They weren't suggestions. They are the truth. Just for example... Jesus teaches us to forgive our enemies and to pray for those who hurt us. That wasn't just a tip. It wasn't just a helpful hint that we should try out every once in a while. It's the truth that we are called to order our whole lives around. And when we don't live according to truth, there are consequences to that. There are consequences to that error of not following the truth that Jesus has given to us. The consequences of our error may not be discovered as quickly as a man jumping off a building who believes he can fly, but there are consequences to our soul, into our relationship, into our communities when we don't follow Jesus' teachings to forgive those who hurt us and to pray for our enemies. If you've ever been through a 12-step program or any other program that works through addiction, you know that one of the key steps is to work through unforgiveness and resentment. Because when we don't forgive, we carry around our resentment and our anger and our bitterness and all sorts of ugliness seep into our heart and soul and they seep out into our relationships with others. They contribute to the pining of our world, to the broken hearts around us. The reason that we must do that, the reason why we must learn to forgive and to pray for those who hurt us is because that's the truth that Jesus taught us, to forgive our enemies and pray for those who hurt us. That's the truth. It's what's best for us and for our relationships. Long lay the world in sin and error pining. And because of that, Jesus came full of truth, full of truth, overflowing with truth in his life and in his teachings. And then the last part of that verse, until he appeared and the soul felt its worth. 
he appeared. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only full of grace and truth. And because of this Christmas story that John tells us, because that is true, you and I know our worth. We know our worth in the eyes of God. Just a couple pages later in John's gospel in chapter 3, we're told that for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Long lay the world in sin and error pining until he appeared and the soul felt its worth. You and I are valuable in the sight of God, not because we've earned it or done great things, but because he is full of grace and full of truth. And he made us in his image and he loves us. In God's eyes, you and I were worth the journey that he took to come and to be with us. You and I were worth emptying himself and becoming a vulnerable child. You and I were worth all of the pain and heartache and frustration and limitations that he endured when he became a human being. You and I were worth becoming a servant for. You and I are of eternal worth in the eyes of God. And that's why he came. The word of God took on flesh and made his home with us. Again, not because of our merit or goodness, but because God is full of grace and truth and he made us in his image and he loves us. And our sin and our error, they are real and they've caused that image in us to be marred and twisted and broken. And so he took on our flesh in order to restore that image that has been broken in us. He entered into our pining world entered into the broken-hearted world that we live in to bring his grace and truth and to restore that broken image in us. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, full of grace and truth. This is John's Christmas story. And today and this next year, we, invite, we are invited to believe and to form and to orient our whole lives around this truth that he came to be one of us so that we could come to know him. Lord, we thank you for this good news. We thank you for Matthew's Christmas story and for Luke's Christmas story and for John's Christmas story. And we pray, Lord, that it would become real in our lives, that we would believe it today and that we would live our lives according to it. We thank you that you have come full of grace and truth. Amen.